Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Let's go, let's go, boxing fans out there. Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net. recording on our Friday like we usually do. My name is Lystrom, your host. We've got some exciting fights happening this weekend. Two of them are you must see them. I am strongly recommending that you see these because you're going to see some exciting action on these. And I'm going to cover all the ones I see. There's likely some other ones, but there's some real good ones that I think are worth your time. I'll call them out specifically. At the top, we got women's action. This is in the zone. Ten rounds of flyweight action at the AT&T Center out in San Antonio. Carla, or excuse me, Marlon, Carla, Marlon Esparza fighting Gabriela Celeste Alanis. I don't know either lady. Uh, Alanis has, she's undefeated. She's never been beaten. Made her craft. Decent, good fighter from what I saw. She, on the younger side, which surprised me for what it is, she has the disadvantage for reach. She has the disadvantage for height. Marlon Esparza is, I wouldn't cut the color a legend, but she's well-known. She's only ever lost the one time. That was by a decision. Uh, it was a while ago. And I think that one went to a headbutt and she, or something like that where it went to the cards. I don't remember exactly. Esparza is not going to get you out of there by knockout. It's going to go the distance. She's going to box and she's going to move and she's going to outstyle you. I think she's going to have a hands full with Alanis based on what I saw anyway. She seems like she's really, really stylistically good in her own right. And Esparza is older, which will play into factor. I'm not making a prediction on it. I just think that Esparza is going to have her hands full. It's all my thing. Then I'm going to cover this fight, but I want to give you the preface about why it's even a thing. So Virgil Ortiz was about to fight uh, Stankonia, Imanis Stanionis. That fight is off. And it's off because Virgil Ortiz allegedly fainted just before this a couple days ago. Golden Boy came out and said it was because he was having trouble making weight. I believe that there's something physically wrong with Virgil Ortiz Jr., and I think he should retire for his own health and well-being because this is the third time he's had to pull out due to health-related issues. The first time was a an appendectomy that he had to have an emergency appendectomy out of out of thin air. Second was this rhabdomyolysis that came allegedly out of thin air. He came back. He did an interview. He said that he had long COVID, which caused that, which I, I think that's bunk. So he said he was back. So he's feeling good. He's ready to go. And then two days out from the fight, he's having to pull out because he fainted. When you faint like that, that's not good. I am, in my past life, an athlete four ways over. I did different sports. I was training at the top level. And I never had a situation where I passed out after training or anything like this. So I think there's something wrong with him physically. I hope him the best. I wish him well health. I just think he needs to hang it up. I think his body's trying to tell him. Look, dude, I'm I'm done. I can't do this. I don't think it's weight cut related. People think it's weight cut related. Some people think he's overtraining. I'm telling you right now, Floyd Mayweather is a beast in the gym. As far as I know, he never passed out leaks up to the fight. There are tons of people who train at the upper echelon and they don't pass out near a fight. I'm telling you, something's wrong with him. And I go back to like tough enough, right? You had two girls, they passed out when they were doing workouts and things. Turns out they had medical conditions that went undetected outside the system. So I am saying if Virgil Ortiz listens to this, and I know he won't, but if he does, take care of yourself. Please don't keep trying to push yourself because it's not healthy. You're too young to be getting this kind of symptoms coming out. Some, your body's telling you something. I want you to listen to your body. So Ortiz had to pull out. 
Stangoni has a different opponent that's on deck, and I believe that opponent has yet to be announced. I believe. So then Floyd Schofield, who is fighting on the undercard prior to this, he's now the main event for this event with the women. I think the women are the co-main and Floyd's the main or vice versa, but Floyd Schofield's fighting Haskell Rhodes. Rhodes is a soft touch. Rhodes is coming off three losses. Rhodes is much older. And Floyd Schofield is a quality fighter. He's a really good fighter. I don't see any reason why Floyd Schofield loses his fight or looks bad. The downside is that his opponent is nowhere in his class, and it certainly is not a main event level fight. I think it's a waste, and it's unfortunate, because again, it's not his fault. It's not Stankonia's fault. It's none of their faults. It just, it is what it is. I'm giving him kudos for getting the platform. I'm saying that his opponent, it's, if it's a blowout, like I expect it will be, it's not going to make Schofield look that good. It looks like a mismatch. That's sad. Then we have, on the same undercard, 10 rounds at lightweight action. Jojo Diaz makes his return. He's fighting Jerry Perez. I watched Jerry Perez on a couple of fights. I wasn't impressed with what I saw. He's coming off two losses, one of them a knockout loss on the decline. To be fair, though, Jojo Diaz is coming off three losses, back-to-back-to-back losses. I said that Jojo Diaz feels like he's on the decline. I don't know what the hell happened to the dude. He's had a lot of experience. Like, he's been fighting a long time at the upper level. And so perhaps he's just you know, done. Like mentally, he's not there. And if you're not there mentally, you need to retire. You need to hang it up. And I think Jojo Diaz has been fighting at that level for so long. I think it may be time for him to consider stepping down and considering a different thing, you know, spend time with your family. That's my feel. Because again, I don't want to see him get hurt in the ring because he's not mentally there. Do I think that Perez has a chance to hurt him? Yes. Perez is actually a very solid puncher. He hits very hard. But question is, is Jojo Diaz stylistically good enough to keep Perez from knocking him the hell out? I don't know that. Then we got the second set of fights going on. This is in the boardwalk hall at Atlantic City. Showtime, 12 rounds at welterweight action. Jerome Boots Ennis fighting Roman. I test kill a villa. I gave him that nickname, by the way. And a villa hears this. That's what I'm calling you, dude. Villa, I'm a big fan of Villa. I love his trash talk. He knows how to trash talk. He knows how to put the game up. Villa has taken out two eye test fighters. He took out Rashidi Ellis. He took out uh, Boca Chica. And now we got Boots Ennis, another eye test. And then, of course, with Boots, he's fresh off getting rotated for 12 rounds by Karin Chikajian. Now Boots is on the rebound. He's a good fight back. It's a good quality opponent. This is a guy who's not going to move. This is a guy who has power. This is a guy who can hit. And Boots, unfortunately, is his chin wide the hell ass open. I hope he worked on that. I sincerely hope that Boots worked on some of the flaws that Chikajian exposed. Boots has every advantage in this fight. Boots has the height advantage. Boots has the reach advantage. Boots has the age advantage. Boots has the style advantage, I would argue. It's just that I test killer, he'll come out of nowhere like he did with Ellis and catch you with something. If you, he catch you slipping if you don't stay on your toes. I'm serious. Villa is no slouch. He should not be overlooked, and Boots need to be serious. And I was calling out. Boots is sitting over here talking about Spence and Crawford. They got to come see me. Look, dude, you need to stop overlooking your opponent because that's what got Ellis to take an L. You need to focus on this man. This man is dangerous. You should beat him, but this man is dangerous. He's going to be there. He's going to hit you, and he's going to hit you hard. And if you can't take his bombs, we don't know what the hell happens. We ain't seen your chin tested by anybody with power. Villa's going to test the chin if you let him hit you. Don't let him hit you because if he hits you, I don't know what the, I almost swore, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Most people think that Boots is going to beat Villa. 
He should. I'm saying that Villa just seems to have that wild card talent of being able to catch you with something that you don't see. And then it turns the whole shape of the fight. Because if Villa's able to last the distance with Boots, it's already going to put a negative sentiment in people's minds about Boots and him being overrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's quality. But there are some things that Karen Chikasian exposed that I hope he worked on. And that's going to be worth watching. So if you get a chance to watch this fight, I do recommend it to see where Ennis is at because I can't think of a better test than I test Killer Villa. On the undercard of that event, 10 rounds at lightweight action. We got Edwin De Los Santos fighting Joseph Adorno. Joseph Adorno, he was just recently fighting. I'm a big fan of his. He took a loss in his most recent fight. Santos is coming off a win. Santos is a power puncher. He's a strong fighter. He's a southpaw, young guy, really strong. I don't see any reason Santos loses this fight. But if anybody is going to test him, it's going to be Adorno. Now, I don't think Adorno wins, but I think it'll be a good test, and it'll tell us where we are in the lightweight division. The last one I see on deck is, and this is uh, 10 rounds of middleweight action, same undercard, Yoelvis uh, Gomez fighting Marquise Taylor. I don't know either guy. I've, I've seen the name of Taylor. I haven't seen him fight. And then Gomez I've never heard of. Looking at the numbers, it's roughly, I mean, geez, Gomez should blow him out of the water, but Taylor has more experience. So we'll have to see if the experience plays a factor to override what we see of Gomez, who looks like he's the up-and-coming star. That's what I see on Boxing on Deck. And again, if you get a chance to check out I Test Killer Villa and Boots Ennis, that's the one that you want to get your eye on. That's going to tell us where we are in the welterweight division and who's going to move forward. Does Boots get exposed by the I Test Killer and the I Test Killer continues to streak at taking out these I Test fighters? Or does Boots show you something like he did last time, but this time show you something better than he showed you before? That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it and I will see you guys next week.